You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm M. Burnham. And today we're metaphorically heading over to the UK to discuss the BAFTA Awards. We're talking about red carpet looks, all the attendees and the biggest winners. But first, Laura Brodnick, why is Kelly Rowland in my feed and what is she doing? How did you say her name? Rowland. It's Roland, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how I've always said it if someone <laughs> wants to critique me. But I've known that woman for like, you know, 20-something years she's been in my life since the early days of Destiny's Child. So oh. I can't relearn her name now. No, I agree. Apologies to all Kelly fans out there. She is my second favourite of Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah. Who's your third? Who do you think? Oh, I know. <laughs> Poor Michelle. Hey, well, there was one of them who was in the band before it became famous. Anyway, Kelly <laughs> Rowland is in the headlines this week for a bit of... Look, I don't want to put words in her mouth. We weren't there. We don't know what happened, but some very intense diva behavior. So Kelly was filling in for the normal host, Jenna Bush Hager, alongside Hoda Kotby. And what's interesting is she had come on sort of in like a little pre-show thing alongside Hoda to do, you know, like a setup thing for the interview. So she was in the building. She was all ready to host. And then when the Today Show came on the screen, Kelly was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, that's the correct response. She, wait, she escaped. Yeah, she stormed out is what we've been told. And sitting in her seat was Rita Ora. Rita Ora. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing worse than a surprise, Rita Ora. Oh, no. She's always ready, isn't she, Rita Ora? I'm not 100% sure what she was doing there hanging around. Like, all I know, she was in the building. I think she was maybe coming on to do an interview is what I was reading. And then she's full hosting. They didn't get into the Kelly stuff, but her team confirmed that she wasn't supposed to host and was pulled in literally at the last second. Why was it bad? Well, apparently what happened is that Kelly Rowland didn't like her dressing room. (laughs) Oh, Kelly. Again, benefit of the doubt, we don't know what happened. So this is being confirmed by people so we know like something has happened. They've spoken to people who were working there on the day and like page six were the first to report it because obviously it had been advertised as Kelly and people were waiting to see her pop up on the TV and then Rita Ora was there and didn't really give any explanation. So apparently... Kelly and her team didn't think their dressing room was up to standard. And then apparently, this is what insiders have told People Magazine, is that they were offered a selection of different rooms throughout the building on different levels. They were offered a different room for their makeup and they refused and walked out just as the cameras were about to start rolling and it's live TV. And to make this even more of a diva off situation is that apparently the room that Kelly Rowland and her team wanted was like the big green room dressing room on the studio above, but it was being occupied by none other than Jennifer Lopez, who was there to promote the movie we talked about on Friday's episode that I'm still having like fever dreams about. This is me now. (laughs) A love story. (laughs) A love story. That makes sense though. I think Kelly, yeah, I don't know. She deserves the big boy dressing room that definitely feels like it's a j-lo occupational space but oh this is so cringe she stormed out because of that well we don't know oh again sure. i feel like i'm trying not to editorialize <laughs> Maybe she had a too family much emergency but the thing is because this one everywhere over the weekend her team's been contacted so many times and they're refusing to comment and i feel like if it was a family emergency or anything like that you would probably just say that because now she looks awful. I do want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say maybe she just decided she was going to respect her own self-worth because she's probably like, I'm here to host the show. Like, I'm the main person. I've requested this room. I am not fancy enough to ever be given my own dressing room or green room 
at an event. I'm usually sitting out in a lobby, but you know, maybe there was something in that green room that her team needed. And she was like, if you guys aren't going to give me the respect, I'm here working a full day for you. And you didn't give me the room I wanted that I'm going to leave. Do you think if it wasn't J-Lo but Beyonce instead, she would have said anything? <laughs> they probably just want to go on and hung up together, right? That's true. Maybe that's true. maybe maybe she wanted to hang out with her and then J-Lo said no. I love the fan fiction left. that's happening there. Or maybe she and Jennifer Lopez had a secret feud for many, many yeah. years. They've both been on the scene for decades. They go in the same circles. They perform at the same places. They have the same friends. They go to the same award shows. Maybe it was personal. I love that we've no one else has said that. That's a rumor that's been started right here. <laughs> Spill special. So from one diva to a whole bunch of divas, we are going to be talking about the BAFTA Awards coming up next, especially the one big upset. So in the wee hours of this morning, the British Academy Film Awards, known as the BAFTAs, took place. Unfortunately, no broadcast channel in Australia was showcasing it. So you just have us to talk you through <laughs> yeah, talk everything you through. that happened. So it's the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. Just want to throw that in there. Oh, art. Yes. Some people call it just like a smaller version of the Oscars, which I think isn't very fair to the British Academy of Film, who this is their big night. Yeah, I mean. Because they have TV wrapped into it too. That's true. We call the actors like the Australian version of the Oscars. Yeah. So I think everyone's just having a little turn, aren't they? Exactly. <laughs> I really enjoyed the BAFTA's red carpet. I was really upset that it wasn't broadcast in anyone in Australia because I was really into it. My favorite look was Emily Blunt. Yes. See? She's wearing like a chic, see-through, gold, lacy, cut-out dress. She just looks so stunning. And I feel like on anyone else, because it's got those very long lace sleeves and the high neck, that kind of beige, it almost could be like an old-school doily that you'd see in your grandmother's house. <laughs> If you just look at the, like, the sleeve and the cut and stuff, just the way it's styled so perfectly, it's perfectly fitted. She's got her hair up and like minimal jewellery. It just works on her. I reckon she is the BAFTA. She is the BAFTA. She, she came as a BAFTA. She came as a BAFTA. Also, one of my favourite best dress was Io Derbury. She was nominated for Best Upcoming Actor and she's wearing kind of, what would you call that, salmon peach? Yes. Bottega Veneta is the designer for that look. So it's yeah, like a beautiful halter neck, yeah, like a peach gown and the gloves. So very old school Hollywood, which has become a bit like Stunning. a bit too overdone in some cases. But for her, it just looks so beautiful I think and that colour is so hard to pull off. But it would have just been like a nice look if it wasn't for that beautiful feathered full yeah. length wrap that she's gone on. She looks so good. I want to know your opinion on Margot Robbie's outfit. Oh, okay. She's still kind of going for the Barbie look. I don't think she can give it up until the film is completely over and all the award shows are done. She's wearing kind of a fitted black sequence dress with like a pink satin stripe, would you call that? Yeah, going down the middle. I, would. I live fashion. I am fashion. With like long sleeve black velvet gloves. Very classic. Yeah, and she looks lovely. And also you did a good job of describing. We don't normally have reason to talk about couture in our everyday life. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I the describe the pink part. I don't think stripe is the right word. It's like a yeah, panel. Say panel. panel. It's a very pale pink panel down the front with almost a light sequin across the bust and then the full length gloves, which has been a real big thing this season. It's Armani Privé and she looks gorgeous, but I feel like she's in a very difficult position at the moment. Oh, difficult. It's all relative. She looks a bit sad. She's a bit she? difficult in terms of red carpet 
carpet dressing because she made such a splash with her Barbie press tour and all of those amazing looks and people wanting to know the history behind them. And it was such a perfectly executed PR move and really brought so much fun and fashion to that movie, which made it feel like more of an event for people to go and watch it. And she's continued the Barbie look through the press tour, which is something that's become a really big thing recently. Like if you look at the June red carpet and they're all styled in these very futuristic yeah. looks, even though a lot of it's vintage couture, because people now are trying to dress to emulate the movie as part of the marketing more so than ever before. But the thing is, because she's been doing this for so long, like all of last year was just Barbie mania. I had to burn on my pink clothes. She's I got probably like, who them. am I? Yeah, she can't do anything. Yeah. She's always got to wear the same sort of thing. So now it's become very predictable. She still looks nice and she made a lot of money. So I actually feel she's fine. Do you have anyone else you want to... I thought Emma Stone in Louis Vuitton was, again, one of those ones when I first looked at it is a little bit like Emily Blunt where I was like, oh, if this was on anyone else, it might look almost like a dowdy because it's got like the one massive puff sleeve, very Anne of Green Gables vibes. It did remind me of her character in Poor Things. That's what I mean. Everyone's doing a little bit of a nod to their characters and it's in this beautiful peach. Again, I just think it's so perfectly styled on her with the rosy lips and the minimal jewelry and like a bit of darker hair, not that bright red she always has that it looks really great so I thought she looked amazing Florence Pugh again looking very futuristic and I also loved last one person I loved was the star of the color purple Vantasia Barino yeah she's stunning but she had a see-through like a sheer glove and then this very structured red gown with a high collar like it just looks so dramatic so Hollywood loved her so overall everyone looks great Except for Bradley Cooper, who was looked like a train conductor in a long coat. But I think respect to Bradley Cooper, he thought this was going to be his year and he would win everything and he's won nothing. And he's just there smiling sweetly and talking about his mum. So I loved you, Bradley. I thought you were great as Maestro. (laughs) Among some of the notable attendees at the awards, someone who was there was the president of the Academy, Prince William. He actually attended by himself because the Princess of Wales, aka Kate, is still recovering from abdominal surgery. I found it very interesting watching him navigate an award show by himself. He looked like an actor, like he looked like he was just one of the normies. Yeah, this is always the most glam night for William and Kate. And obviously, you know, it's sad that she's recovering from surgery, but it was also sad that we didn't get to see what her dress would have been because this is where Princess Catherine goes the most glam, the most over the top with her BAFTAs look. So I just like share a pic of what you were going to wear if you were going to be there. Love to see it. Coming up next, we are going to be talking about all of the biggest winners that happened at the BAFTAs and one very upsetting moment. Okay, so once we got off the red carpet, we moved into the actual award show portion of the night and people were quite excited for what was going to go down because the BAFTAs, you know, a bit more prestigious, not really into like stunts or anything like that, has had a bit of a rocky run the last couple of years with a few big headlines. So there was when Rebel Wilson hosted and overall she did a great job. If there's one thing we know from the last couple of years, it's hosting an award show is very difficult. But she made a joke about her body being smaller and like being fat in the past and People laughed, but then there was like a whole debate around why she'd said that. I think it was also the fact that she just kept going. Like that was her one shtick and she just kept making more and more comments on it. And also last year, who can forget one of the greatest viral moments that an award show has ever gifted us. Angela Bassett did the thing. It's like she's in the room with us. Ariana DeBose was opening the show and did, I thought at the time and still now, a lovely shout out to all the women in the crowd. Did you? She did an original rap calling out all the different women (laughs) in the crowd. Original is correct. Emphasis on original. (laughs) Angela Bassett did the thing. 
Viola Davis, my woman Kate, Blanche Kate, you're a genius. Jamie Lee, you are all of us. First of all, people thought the rap was out of place and that a lot of the actresses looked uncomfortable. To which I say some of them were great. Jamie Lee Curtis was punching the air. And then <laughs> she later all on, <laughs> all of us. And then later on, she told everyone to f off if they had a problem with it. <laughs> a few people like Michelle Yeoh just looked a little like, you know, surprised, but then they smile, but you didn't get to see that. Yeah. And I people, think what was confusing about those poor actresses was that they thought initially it was satire. Yeah. So they were all like <laughs> giggling and then they looked a bit, wait, that's just kind of like true what she's saying. And yeah. then they realised, no, it was a serious ode to all of them. Yeah. So then they were, had to quickly change and be like, oh, thank you. A hundred percent. And next week, Angela Bassett won an award and she got up and said, I guess I did the thing. And everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> like what better could come from such a thing? Anyway, so that happened the last couple of years. So this year, everyone's like, ooh, what's going to happen? And it was okay. Like, it, there was no it was kind of massive. Tame. It was very tame. I wonder if they were being a bit more careful given the last couple of years. So David Tennant hosted and opened the award show. And his monologue was, like, mostly fine. I did like the moment where he said, you all look like the opening scenes of Saltburn because they were all dressed up. Mm. And obviously everyone in Saltburn is, like, very wealthy and over-the-top dressed. And then he said... Let's hope it doesn't end up like the closing scenes in Saltburn. <laughs> Which is an easy joke, but I liked it. It's kind of there for that moment. And then even better than that Saltburn joke was the fact that Sophie Ellis Bexter herself came out to perform Murder on the Dance Floor. Were you alive when that song was very popular the first time? I am not sure, but my parents really loved it, so I grew up listening. Oh, Jesus. Don't put me in the same thing as your parents. I was young. I listened to it in high school. Okay? I'm sorry. It was like the anthem of 101.7 for like the first like <laughs> half of the 2000s. Okay. Well, I remember when it came out. Again, I was a child, but it was a big deal. We used to do dances to it in the schoolyard. Oh, that's sweet. And I just love the fact that it's had such a resurgence and she's coming to Australia and I really want to go She there. looks very young. She's only in her early 40s. Like she was young oh. when that, yeah, yeah. So she's young now, but she was super young oh, then when I definitely that song would have been alive. Yeah. Maybe I danced it at the year six disco. I think we should get tickets to her Bondi concert. Anyway, Agreed. moving on. So that was all lovely. And then getting into the big awards of the night. Oh, look, there's no major upsets. The upset oh. overall is that this has just become the most boring awards season ever because, and I guess, you know, everyone's voting for what they think is the right thing and you can't help it if people all like one particular movie, but it doesn't seem like there's a race in it anymore. It doesn't seem like there's any unpredictability. And because all the award shows have had exactly the same kind of winners every time, it feels like almost every category for the Oscars is already on lock. So at the BAFTAs, Oppenheimer was the big winner of the night with seven awards, including Best Picture, which is obviously the big one everyone wants to win. Best Director for Christopher Nolan, he seems a complete lock now to win classic. the yeah <laughs> classic classic Nolan to win the Oscar and also best actor and best supporting actor went to Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. So it's all kind of a lock on that. So and then Poor Things was the next big winner, yep. winning five awards, including Best Actress for Emma Stone. So obviously there's a bit of an upset uh, there because bit Lily, of a yawn. Yeah. Well, the thing with Emma Stone is like it's like. I almost wish she didn't win for La La Land because she shouldn't have won for La La Land. Ooh. I think it was just a, I think it was just a year where there wasn't like a big front runner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People were so swept away with that movie. So it was like the most obvious. And line. she was like fine in it, but she's yeah. so brilliant in this. And obviously, it doesn't matter if she's won one in the past, but I feel like it felt like she kind of got one when she didn't deserve it. And now, it's kind of just made this whole yeah, conversation different. Old. But the other thing is that Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon gave such an amazing performance and early on at awards season it seemed like such a lock that she was going to win. 
And she's, well, it hasn't happened yet, but I mean, at the Oscars. I mean, she, oh. she hasn't really won too much during the entire so awards won't. season. Oh. But the good thing is, is that this is her first major movie role and people are loving her. And if you follow her on Instagram, she's like really excitedly posting about all these other jobs she has now. So oh, like she probably still will, will win an Oscar. What I thought was lovely is that Emma Stone got up on stage and started tearing up talking about her mum who suffered from cancer for many years and like is in remission now. I just want to say this. In case I don't ever get a chance to again, I really want to just thank my mom. Because she's the best person I know in the whole world. And she inspires me every single day. And she's always made me believe this kind of crazy idea that I could do something like this. And I'm beyond grateful. Without her, none of this exists, including my life. So thank you for that too, mom. (laughs) Thank you so much. So the other interesting thing out of all this was the fact that Barbie, even though it was up for so many awards in the acting categories, in like the main categories, technical categories, all those kind of things with five separate nominations, didn't pick up a single win across the board. It's giving Golden Globes, it's giving Golden Globes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Gosling did jump up and applaud Emma Stone as she went past as a bit of a La La Land throwback. That was nice. But I think it's looking now very certain that unless it wins maybe one technical award, Barbie's not going to win anything at the Academy Awards. And look, they made so much money. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But I think it's just like all these big upsets have really taken away any of the excitement for the Oscars. I'm still going to watch it, obviously, and be obsessed with it. But obviously, I wish there were some surprises. You know what I think they should do when what? it comes to award season? Like, I think I've learned this from politics. Yeah. Okay. They get all of the <laughs> this nominees. Is politics, they get this? all of the nominees. And the nominees have to vote for which award they want to win. And then like categorize them so like one for Oscars two for Golden Globes three for Critics Choice and then the ones that are like falling down the list about like 100 to 200 votes get taken away from them so everyone can win okay well you should send that theory into them I will I will I think it's a great (laughs) idea thank you so much for listening to The Spill today if you loved our thoughts on the BAFTAs we also have some thoughts on the Grammys if you want to go back to listen to that episode we will link it in the show notes We will see you on mamamia.com.au and over here in your spill feed at 3pm tomorrow. Bye. Bye.